Welcome to another Macquarie Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. In a faraway galaxy, there were some highly advanced people. They had everything you could dream of, but they were bored, so they decided to create a god. They appointed researcher Ralph in charge of developing this new god. But after a while, he came back and said it isn't working. What good is a God that we can invent ourselves? We are smart enough to know that's not a real God. Why don't we find a God instead like the God that the earthlings worship? So researcher Ralph visited planet Earth, visited dozens of churches and religious institutions. He took notes and when he returned, he said, I have returned not with one God but with two. The name of the first God is Grace. She talks about love often, gets along with everyone, does wonderful things. She feeds the poor, visits prisoners. But her followers don't grow or change. They are chaotic and seem a little lost. The other God, Ralph said, is called truth. He's just as mean as grace is nice. He tells the people what is wrong with them, makes them feel bad, and his followers do the same. Some of Ralph's team wanted grace as their God. The others wanted truth. But Ralph had one last suggestion. We have wonderful technology. We can mix elements like oil and water. How about we try mixing grace and truth? It will be the perfect blend. Could there be a God like this? Well, John 1.14 says this. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And we have seen his glory. The glory of the one and only son. One who came from the father full of abounding in, completely occupied with grace and truth, the perfect blend. Jesus doesn't just have truth and love. He doesn't just decide on Tuesday to be truth and on Wednesday to be love. He actually is truth and love. His entire being is truth and love. It's actually his divine attribute. Anyone do chemistry at school? A few intelligent people around here. I... I did biology. Biology was for the people that were a bit more average. Um, But anyway, average is okay. Um, Remember the formula, all you chemistry freaks, of water, H2O. Molecules contain one oxygen and two hydrogen atoms, and those atoms make up water. Well, so it is with Christ. It's like his molecular, his makeup is truth and love. It's his DNA. 1 John 4, 8 says God is love. But John 14, 6 says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. In Psalm 89, 14, it describes it, explains it like this about God. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of God's throne. Love and faithfulness go before you. So it's like righteousness and justice are truth. And you've all got the sense of righteousness and justice in you. It's the foundation of God. It's his core. It's his essence. But what goes before him is love and relationship. His truth, his righteousness, his justice is always wrapped in relationship. The title of today's message is The Perfect Blend. We're doing a two-week series on relationships And this morning, I wanted to speak on truth and love. Let me say this. If you want authentic quality relationships, if you want to grow, if you want to become like Christ, if you want the real person in you to emerge, you need truth and love. 
If you want to heal from past hurts, if you want to survive this brutal world, you're going to need truth and love. If you want to be a decent parent and raise kids who bring something to this world, you're going to need truth and love. If you want an intimate marriage, you're going to need truth and love. If you want to be a good, successful boss and be part of a healthy team, if you want to be a respected politician, if any, if any of you are out there, um, if you don't want to get stuck in toxic relationships, if you want to make a difference in this world, if you want to leave a legacy, if you want to bring healing to this world, you need truth and love. You need the core to be truth and for, for you to be relationship-driven and for it to be livid, delivered in love. So the first part of this message, I want to talk about the role of truth and love in your life. And then the second part of the message, I want to talk about how you can bring truth and love to this world. We all lean one way or the other. <clears throat> all have a lean on us. Some of you will lean more to truth. Some of you will more lean to love. The loving people think this. Oh, darling, they are just so harsh. The truthful people think, stop beating around the bush, just give me the facts. Both types exist in the Zares. My youngest daughter a few years ago said, Mum, when you send me a text, can you start with, hey, Elle, how are you? How has your day been? And she said, can you end with a few kisses or an emoji? And, uh, but, you know... A couple of years ago, I was shopping at Coles and I get a text from Mark's Air. It's got one word, lettuce. <laughs> it's not even lettuce, please, or how is Coles going, can you get lettuce? It's just lettuce. And that's what we live in. That's what we have to navigate. So what is grace? What is love? Grace is the unmerited, unearned, unconditional favour, love and acceptance of God towards people. God loves you without condition. He doesn't say, I'm going to love you if you're going to lose a bit more weight, or I'll love you if you get a new outfit, or I'll love you if you pass that exam. He loves you as you are. Grace is what makes us feel secure and accepted in a relationship. When you are loved, you don't bring shame or anxiety. Grace is the relational aspect of God's character. God is a relationship freak. What is truth? Well, truth is what is real. It describes how things really are. Truth is that Donna is sitting right now on a red chair. She might disagree. She might say, Roz, actually, it's a yellow chair. That is her truth. We live in a culture that says you can have your truth. And actually, we all have our truth. But our truth, your truth, doesn't change the truth. The truth, Donna, is that you are sitting on a red chair. I don't care what you say. Um, and you can't change the truth. Your truth can't change the truth. Your truth and my truth is often different to the truth. Putin has a truth. Did you know that? All the politicians have a truth. Satan has a truth. They think it's the truth, but it's actually just their truth. Truth is that which is consistent with the mind, the will, the character, the glory, and the being of God. Truth is theological. Truth is also ontological, which is a fancy way of saying it is the way things really are. Reality is what it is because God declared it so and made it so. And that's why the Bible is prophetic, because it's true. Therefore, God is the author, the source, the determinator, the governor, the arbiter, the ultimate standard and final judge of all truth. 
We connect with God through his unconditional love. But it's God's truth that leads us to what is real, what is accurate about your life. We need both. Tim Keller says this, Truth without love is harshness. It gives us information, but in such a way that we cannot really hear it. Love without truth is sentimentality. It supports and affirms us, but keeps us in denial about our flaws. Remember the story of the woman at the well? We see truth and love in action, how Jesus operates. It's in John 4. Jesus meets a woman at the well. She's a Samaritan woman. She's a mixed race. So he shouldn't really, in the cultural norm, he shouldn't be speaking to her. But when you've got truth and love, you're not, um, you don't come under the cultural norm. He didn't come under the cultural norm because he was truth and love. So he speaks and he connects with her, but then he didn't stop with just acceptance. That would have been nice, but just love doesn't change people. So he decides to ask her a question. He digs and he says, what about your husband? And she said, actually, I haven't got a husband. And then he goes in for the truth. He says, you are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is, you have five husbands and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have said is quite true. So he unloads the truth in love, which is always a risk. And Jesus did this often and many people closed down when he unloaded the truth. But I've got to tell you, be someone that receives the truth. If you close yourself off to the truth, you will never grow. You just get stuck. It's the truth that sets us free and helps us grow. So be a great receiver and hearer of truth. So she didn't get offended. How good is that? Um, they had a spiritual conversation about worship. She, she had a revelation of who Christ was. She brought the town out to meet him and she was transformed. Just love or just truth on its own doesn't transform us. We need the soil of truth and love. And that's what you need as a parent. The soil, that's what kids need, the soil of truth and love. Um, Paul writes to the Romans about truth. He says, what is, what, what is truth without grace? He said, it's like law and it puts a strict legal relationship. It puts you in a legalistic relationship with God. And that's what Mara was talking about. She'd only ever heard that God was disappointed with her. So when you're in that kind of relationship or you grew up in that kind of family or even in, in that church, you can, there's lots of legalistic religious places and it's truth without love. And this is what happens. It makes you angry or you close down, or you rebel. Henry Cloud says this, It is only in a combination of grace and truth that the real Jesus is present. And it is only when the real Jesus is present that we can begin to grow into the image of a creator. Grace without truth isn't helpful either, because it doesn't head anywhere. It doesn't go deep or real. You can't have real intimacy without truth. You think about your close relationships. They can only be intimate if you can speak the truth. Otherwise, you just go into survival or you just settle in a relationship. But when you can be really honest and really truth in an atmosphere of love, you can have intimacy. You know, when Mark and I first got married, we weren't good at conflict. He was more on the aggressive, which is more the truth. I was more on the passive, on the love side. And neither of these are healthy. 
um, and we all have an imbalance in one area. And one day we're having this conversation trying to sort out our unresolved issues, as we often have. And Mark started with this statement. I've never forgot it. He said this, Ros, I need to bring this issue up and I don't want you to get defensive or we won't be able to ro- resolve it. I was in my mid-30s and it was the first time anyone had told me I was defensive. And you know what? That was a gift to me. Because he's exactly right. When you're defensive, if someone brings truth to you and wants to bring an issue up, if you're defensive, it just puts a wall up and you never get anywhere. And you can't have those beautiful, honest conversations that resolve conflict and lead back to intimacy. Conflict and truth-telling in love is good and it's completely natural in any close relationship. And we have to get really, really good at it. And if I said to you, put your hand up if it was role modelled well in your family, if two people's hands got up, I would think that was incredible because most of us, it wasn't role modelled well. But let me tell you this. Now Mark and I, after years of marriage and Mark prodding me and trying to get me to open up, Um, We have high trust. And when you've got high trust in your family, in your relationships, in your team, you don't have to beat around the bush. You can tell the truth and it doesn't lead to offence or disunity. So that is the aim in a family. The same spirit, a strong spirit. You can say the truth and it doesn't divide the family or the team. Lastly, I want to ask about you. What was it like for you growing up? Children need love. You need children, especially in the early, needs mountains of bonding and connection. But they also need boundaries to feel safe. So let me just say this. You've got a moment in church, Mother's Day, good on you for being in church, to think about your life. What did you, what did you lack? And if you lack connection... I had lots of truth but no connection, so I couldn't receive, I couldn't connect emotionally. It had never been role model to me how to connect emotionally. So it took me years to learn how to connect emotionally, how to be vulnerable. But the world needs vulnerability. The world needs you to connect emotionally. The world needs to know you and for you to know others. So I had to heal. So if that is you, you need to heal. And if truth wasn't given to you, You've got to learn truth about yourself. If no one ever told you you were defensive, well, I pray somebody does tell you if you are defensive, you have a Mark Zam moment. (laughs) All right. Secondly, how do we put truth and love into practice? Ephesians 4, 17 says this. Instead, speaking or the original world is holding the truth in love. We will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head that is Christ. How do we know you're mature? Maturity is that you are able to speak the truth in love. That is the measure of maturity, not how much you know, not how many degrees you have, not how many likes you have on Facebook. How you can speak the truth in love is the measure of your maturity. So a few thoughts. What does it mean to speak the truth? Well, it means to share the truth plainly and completely. Um. We lie by either telling the wrong info or by concealing some of the info. You know, when your partner says to you, how much was that dress? And it was 400 bucks, but you go, uh, I think it was 40 bucks. You leave off a zero. (laughs) Half the truth is still lacking integrity. We hold back the truth by this. Listen to this. By not saying what we mean, 
by being silent and by not meaning what we say. Proverbs 10.10 says this, deceit causes trouble and foolish talk will bring you to ruin. So not telling the truth causes trouble. What kind of trouble? Well, resentment. Because you go away from the conversation thinking, I should have told all the truth. You get a sense of resentment because you didn't bring all of you to the conversation. If you don't bring, say the truth, you don't bring all of you to the conversation. Superficial relationship. Mistrust. People don't trust us if we tell lies, even if we tell half lies. And this is the worst. You stop trusting yourself. Because you start lying to yourself. And that is dangerous. So business people and bosses. The challenge is to be honest when you're giving feedback or firing people. It's kind to tell people the truth of why they're being fired. Truth hurts, but dishonesty leaves lasting scars. So you know that last 10% we often don't tell people? I'm pointing to myself as well. Let's get good at getting out 100% of the truth. Proverbs 28.23 says this, In the end, people appreciate frankness more than flattery. Everyone agrees honesty is the best policy, but in reality, it costs us emotionally, doesn't it? You know, sometimes people say things to me in church. Churches, to be honest, are some of the worst places for fakeness and pretense. Um, You know, sometimes people say things to me and the truth comes into my head. But I think, you know, this person's going to get really offended. Dave's going to get really offended if I tell him the truth. And I don't want to deal with his offence because we, we live in such a culture of offence and cancel culture. I think I couldn't be bothered paying the emotional cost of his reaction. So I'll just say, yeah, Dave, your hair does look great. <laughs> I'll tell you a funny story. I've got a few moles on my stomach, like moles on my stomach. So, and if you've been in the church for a while, you know that occasionally I just cut them off. I just get a pair of scissors and I cut them off. I am the master surgeon. Why pay 400 bucks when you can do it yourself? People say to me, Roz, do you do something with the scissors? I say, yeah, I just put them under hot water. But let me tell you this, I've never got an infection. Never. So there you go. Um, but anyway, on Facebook, on Instagram, I saw this thing and it said, if you put a few dots of this, I'll hold it this way, a few dots of this on your moles, your moles would disappear. And I saw it, Kat, and I thought, this is true. So I bought it, but I accidentally ticked some extra boxes and they just kept sending all this stuff, smart cleanse and all this. Um, And of course, I tried it for about four weeks and it took the smudge off one of the moles, but it hasn't done anything else. Um, But really, that's what a lot of us are like. We don't tell the whole truth. They needed to say Roz. Personal thing to Roz. Hey, Roz, it's going to take you about four weeks. It's only going to work about 10%. It's going to cost you about 200 bucks. And um, yeah, I know. That's it. So, um, (laughs) but that is life. So many things in our life are like that. But we don't want to be like that. I don't want to be like that. I want to tell you honestly, marriages. If you're not telling the truth, it undermines your marriage. Parenting. I just want to say this, parents. Learn how to parent in truth and love. Your kids need that soil. They need unconditional love, but they need a no. If you don't give them a no, they're not going to survive well in life. You know, when they're hitting that, when they're three years old and they're hitting their brother with the club, you need to say no. When they want to run across the road, you want to say no. And I'll tell you this. 
All the external no's we give our kids in the early years build up an internal no. And if you are ever going to achieve what God has for you and all your potential, you've got to have an internal no that says, I'm going to get up at 6am in the morning and I'm going to go to my job. And you've got to have an internal no that when you're 14 and they say, do you want to have drugs? Your parents aren't there to say no for you. You have to say no. So lastly, learning to speak the truth in love. No place in scripture does it say beat over the other person's head with truth. Don't use the truth um, like a club. It says instead we will speak the truth in love. People change faster and easier when truth is wrapped in love. Love without truth is an attack and people resist it. If you say something offensively, it's going to be received defensively. So let me say this. If you can't say it in love, don't say it. Turn to the person next to you and say, don't say it. Because in 1 Corinthians 13, let me tell you what it says. Without love, we're just a clanging symbol. You are an empty noise. So anytime we hear anything without love, it's a complete waste of time. So don't bother saying it. If you can't say it without love, don't say it. How do you know you're speaking the truth in love? We ask yourself this. Who are you trying to benefit? Are you trying to benefit Dave? Or are you trying to benefit me? If I'm trying to benefit me, Roz, don't say it. But if I'm trying to benefit Dave, I say it. And don't be one of these people that say, I just had to get it off my chest. That's not speaking the truth in love. Ephesians 4, 29 says this, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. All right. I'm going to finish. I just want you to have a thought for a moment. You know, we don't, we take a long time to change. There's actually no sudden change. I want to ask you this about truth and love. I want to challenge you with this. What is your next step? Change happens with a little step, a little step, a little step, a little step. I want to challenge you on truth and love. That our core may be as truthful as it can be and that we might love people. That is the thing that brings healing to the world. And that is the thing that will heal you. So what is your next little step? Is it going to somebody and speaking the truth in love? You've got a superficial relationship. You haven't, it's Mother's Day and you haven't talked to your mother. You're not really telling the real reason why you don't want to see them on on Mother's Day. Or you need to apologise Or when you go to work this week, you're going to be honest. You're going to tell them the real reason why you're not going to work on Wednesday afternoon. Just tell them the truth. Otherwise, if we don't tell the truth, we are like a pipe that is twisted on the inside. The more truth we can have, the more flow and the more real we are. So what is your next step? I want you to close your eyes. Perhaps it's being honest with God. You know, I want to 
finish this message and give anyone an opportunity to invite Jesus Christ, love and truth into their lives. He loves you. You'll never meet anybody like him. He loves you. He knows you. He knew you before you were even born. He knows your future and he really cares. And he's a relationship freak. So he wants to be with you and talk to you. But the good thing about Jesus, he wants to tell you the truth, (laughs) which makes you grow and become the person that you were created to be. So I'm going to say a prayer. And this is amazing. This is all you have, what you have to do if you want to receive Christ. It says in Revelation 3, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if anyone would open the door, I will come in and dine with him. So that's what it is. It's opening our heart and saying, Christ, come into my life. So I'm going to say a prayer. And if you would like to invite Christ into life, you can pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I'm here, Mother's Day 22, and I want to be honest with you. I ask you to forgive me for all my sins, for all my mistakes. And Lord Jesus, I ask you into my life. I open my heart and I ask you into my life. Come in by your Holy Spirit. Fill me and be my friend. Amen. I want you to keep your eyes closed. And if anyone prayed that prayer, I want you to look up to me. Say, Ros, I prayed that prayer so I can see. And if that is you, I'd love to meet you after the service and give you a Bible. Thank you for listening. We hope you have enjoyed this message. For more information, please visit macroylifechurch.com.au.